Hello, everyone. Hi, guys. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to another week. Welcome to another week of, of craziness in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you. Everything's been good. You know, I was trying to warm up a little bit in New York City, and I'm here for it. So y'all, y'all must have sent the cold down here because it's cold again. <laughs> oh, man. Yes, I had to break on, um, break out my um, my fireplace today, and I was like, "That's not cool." But anyway, oh my goodness. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody's able to get the vaccine or getting it. Um, yeah, mine is scheduled for April, mid April. So, oh, that's wonderful! Yeah, Yay. yeah, yeah. And my husband got his already because he is he works in the school system. Wonderful! So he got he both got doses. His, no, he just or got his first one. Okay. He got his first one, and he gets his second one like the first of April or something like that. Oh, that's wonderful! So that's wonderful. yeah, I'm, yeah. So I'm so happy about that, and you know, just things seem to be progressing with that, and hopefully yeah. by the summer we can you know relax just a taste. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to say full fledged, but we can relax just a taste. I don't think I'm ever going to go back to not, you know, being without a mask to be quite honest. Right. It's almost such a way of life and I feel so, <laughs> yeah. feel safer and stuff. So, and I hope that Tatiana and I and our families are setting an example. Black people mm-hmm. do get the vaccine. Mm-hmm. I don't know about Atlanta, but there's still, I would say, a majority of Black people in New York City who aren't comfortable, who don't trust it. And I, I totally understand. Yeah, um, of course. But it's still real out there. There's new strands coming out that are even mm-hmm. more lethal. So, you know, there are some of us who are getting it and who kind of vouch for it. So if, you, if you're able to get it, I think that recently they've said that everyone as of May is, is going to be eligible, even if you don't yeah. have pre-existing conditions. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I, I was able to sign up now because... I have a pre-existing condition. Okay. Um, I'm I'm very open about it. Like I've struggled since I had Keegan with um hypertension. Mm-hmm. And so um, you know, I'm I'm able to get on the list and get get the um vaccine because of that. So well, amen to that. Not amen yeah. to having hypertension. <laughs> no, 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 no. Being on the list, child. <laughs> yeah, being on the list. So yeah. But yeah, so last week was an episode I think I called uh, Royal Pains. Um, we, talk- <laughs> we talked about that was cute. We talked about all the royal things happening in royalty, including uh, the <laughs> madness with the royals and the fallout. Well, we'll talk about that later. The interview um, with Meghan and Harry and Oprah, and then we talked about coming to America and how much we enjoyed it. I heard a lot mm-hmm. of mixed reviews. A lot of folks were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like that but we liked it so whatever mm-hmm, we don't, mm-hmm. we don't care what yeah <laughs> yeah definitely there were mixed reviews i feel like people yeah. either loved it loved it loved it or hated it hated it hated it and and that's mm-hmm. okay both perspectives are fine um yeah i watched it three times total i don't i'd watched it three times by yeah, the last, it when we last taped yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. just kind of something new cute nuances each time so if you haven't seen it check it out it's on amazon prime and it's mm-hmm. actually number one in the country really so kudos is. to yeah. you uh mm-hmm. to eddie and, and yeah. Arsenio. yeah yeah we needed something fun and light to to get we us did. to this pandemic we didn't need no more heavy stuff yeah um, we didn't need that so we also talked about a few hot topics about people still talking about Lori harvey um mm-hmm. uh, wendy williams finding love and then told this final season which i'm very very heartbroken Ugh, boo. <laughs> yeah, boo boo, boo that. not here for that not here for that uh um in the reading romance um 
I suggested Actor Age E. Brown by Talia Hibbert and an anthology called Love and Color by Balu Babalola. And then in watching romance, we just mostly talked about coming to America. But I did catch the first episode of Delilah on OWN with our girl Jill Marie Jones. And it is it is intriguing. I, I, oh I think gosh, they, I, I think forgot they, to check that out. I think out. they got me, Yakini. I think I'm going to be hooked into watching it because it was kind of good. It was kind of good. I'm going to look good. for that. I don't want to give it away because it's, 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 it's a suspense. So I don't want to give it away. So I mean, you know, it's, it's, I, think, I think they got me with this. Mm-hmm. and it's on own network you said yeah 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 i just love jill marie jones and it's kind of like when there's a great show like girlfriends you kind of crave what some of the actresses are doing after so i feel mm-hmm. like for that reason alone i want to check it out so i'm gonna look mm-hmm. it up after this podcast yeah. and see what all's going on with this delilah and stuff yeah it's pretty good i, I mean mm-hmm. I gotta, you know i don't i don't watch a lot of craziness but it's pretty good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep so what's hot in the romance streets so the interwebs <laughs> are buzzing about j-lo and a-rod there is speculation that they broke up not sure where it came from or how it started but they were engaged they were engaged for actually a, a few years um and there's talk that the relationship has ended I'm um, not sure if it's that they haven't been spotted together or if there was some intel leaked. I know that he possibly was, te- you know, sexting with some model and oh, she, favors, she favors J-Lo a little bit. But I think that's a shame because I always kind of perceived him as a really nice guy, not that type. Mm-hmm. And who knows if it's even true. Um, but shortly after the report um, came out, they both kind of came forward and denied that, you know, the relationship yeah, yeah. was over. Yeah. yeah, so so we'll continue to follow that story, you know. Speculation at this point. Say it again. Out, I think it's speculation at this point. Because she came out kind of hard, like, yo, nah, we still together. And then that whole video with all those subliminals on it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah my business, you know, basically, you know, we, we yeah. still together. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's, um... I don't know. I, I kind of feel like at their ages, and I think she's late 40s, and he's probably, I guess, late for, early 50s. Yeah, they were around the same age, yeah. Right. They were engaged for a really long time. So that leads me to think that it's either not going to happen, because I feel like when you're a little older, you don't really need a long engagement. You kind of know what you want, and what do you want? What is like, get married, or, Well, that's honest. my thing. If you're not going to get married, and you want to just do like a Goldie Hawn, and what's her partner, Kurt? Kurt Russell. Kurt, is it Kurt Russell? Yes, but anyway, so yeah, and I think that's fine too. If that's what you want to do, don't then you don't need to call yourself engaged. So I don't know. Um, I just want her to be happy and him to be happy. If they're not yeah. supposed to be together, then that's yeah. what it is. Um, yeah. And is it really our business? Well, you know, she's yeah. had some public relationships that you know the paparazzi always find out. So. I don't really know. I don't think they mm. need to come forward and make a statement. We're still together. It's just, you know. Yeah, I think that's unnecessary. But we'll see. We'll see mm-hmm. whatever happens with that. Um, mm-hmm. So also, if anybody followed The Bachelor with the first Black Bachelor, actually the first biracial Bachelor, Matt James, I did not watch it. I was able to kind of get recaps every week because Wendy Williams was watching it and she would talk about it. So you know, yeah, I, I, got my, I didn't watch it either. I got my recaps from uh, Demetria Lucas. 
Right. Okay. Right. So a lot of people were following it. I feel like we were able to kind of follow along. You know, mm-hmm. we saw he narrowed it down, you know, to a few people, including this girl named Rachel, this white girl who, you know, people speculated, is she racist? He eliminated the black girls who were really into him. Mm-hmm. People had mixed feelings about that. You know, he looks like a black man when you look at him. He's actually biracial. But people had opinions about it. I know he made a statement about, you know, he knows that he's under scrutiny, but at the end of the day, he's going to choose who he wants to choose. He's not going right. to be pressured into choosing either right. or. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. But I think people had concerns that the particular white woman he chose was possibly, you know, was problematic. Mm -hmm. And that was based on in 2018, you know, the interwebs is going to do their digging or whatever. And black Twitter or whatever found out that she had gone when she was back in college to what they call an antebellum party, a plantation party, you know, when she's from, she's from the South. And she said, well, this is just what we do in the South. I didn't see anything wrong with it. I was young. And basically, you know, it's held at a plantation. And as we know, a plantation is where the slave slave owners lived and, you know, we lived and we worked in the fields of the plantations. We were slaves. And a plantation party is supposed to be this light, festive, thank gone with the wind. And you wear your big scarlet O'Hara gown and the big hat. And it's just fun and festive and joyous. <laughs> and Rachel kind of minimized it like it was just basically like a fun costume party. But when you look at the, the implications, the historical implications, a plantation party is kind of like you were it was back in those slavery times and you're enjoying the plantation so it is problematic that you know she she was kind of like oh it's just something that we do in the south tatiana you're from atlanta is that something that high schoolers do in the south white high schoolers black yeah i had never heard of a plantation party um there i mean a lot of times people in in small towns particularly have their proms at plantations and stuff like that. Personally, I'm not going to no plantation. Nothing. It's like me dancing on somebody's grave. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. Our um, ancestors would roll roll over in their graves if we're yes, at some plantation. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And, you know, we have big, beautiful, big homes, um, you know. And maybe we own the, the yeah. house, the plantation. And that's fine. Yeah. We've owned it now. Yeah. Um, but I still, even if I owned it, I would not be throwing events there. And I wouldn't be calling it a plantation party. That just no, has a no, signification. It's a weird connotation. Very yes. weird. Yes. Yes. I know, don't like it. Have, people have weddings at plantations and stuff like that. And you know, I always tell people, you go if you go have a wedding at, at a plantation, don't invite me. I won't. Yeah. Be there. You might as well um, fly a Confederate flag over the bride and groom. And say, right, it feels right. uncomfortable. It feels it's uncomfortable. very uncomfortable. You know. So just, all of like that, it. all of that, kind of came out while Matt James was kind of in the throes of taping the show. And you know, when you're taping a reality show, you are kind of shielded from the media. They don't want you following what's Mm -hmm. going on. So as a result, you know, the the season wrapped up. He did end up giving Rachel this most controversial figure. He did give her the the rose in the end. The rose meaning that she's the winner of the... um, of the season and so people had mixed reviews about it so there is a show called after the final rose it's kind of like a little reunion show that airs to kind of check in with them and see where things are Mm -hmm. so that went down and so kind of everyone knew that the season ended with matt giving rachel the flower and expecting that they'll be engaged soon which is kind of customary for the bachelor Mm -hmm. um so anyway on this after the final rose um 
episode came on, apparently, you know, they had the season had ended and now Matt and Rachel had gone home and each had an opportunity to kind of catch up on what they had missed in the media, you mm-hmm. know, and, and the blogs. And so apparently Matt did find out about the plantation party. So it's interesting when this after the Rose um, episode aired, it was kind of, I don't want to say funny and ironic, but she's kind of thinking he's probably going to propose or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. And he ended up breaking up with her on this episode <laughs> on television. And he cited it, you know, due to the antebellum, the plantation party that she attended. And he basically said, like, when he learned that, he was really disheartened and, and dis- disappointed. And he basically felt that she needed some time to kind of work on learning about racism for herself. And he was kind of like, and that's a process you need to go through on your own. I can't do that with you. So here's a direct quote that I'll read from what he said. Oh, man, he said, yeah. black, black on him. I'm saying, I don't know who all was in his ear, because this took place in 2018. Ooh, so she kind of brushed it off as I was young. I didn't know any better. Ooh. You know, not even apologizing for it, but saying kind of it's what we do. It wasn't a big deal. I was young. And he He's kind of like, I'm not okay with that. So this is what Matt said. If you don't understand that something like that is problematic in 2018, there's a lot of me that you won't understand. So he said, I stepped back and I'm going to let her do the work. And she's committed to doing the work. You know, it's, he said, it's heartbreaking. It's disappointing. But when I questioned our relationship and our future, it was in the context of you not understanding my blackness. That's why we can't be in a relationship. And he added that. Mm-hmm. Then oh, so Matt now, added that. Hold on, hold on. So now he not, oh, I'm Mr. Biracial. Now I'm black, black, black. It's black, blackity black, exactly. Since you got that full beard, now suddenly you're black. I don't know. Oh, but um, he went on to add that while she's educating herself, it's not his job to walk her through it. Mm. And he said that he was concerned mm. at the idea of raising children with a woman who was basically so out of touch, you know, with racism and out of touch basically wow. with, with him and understanding his blackness. Well, okay then, man. Okay, you work, know. Amy. My goodness. Yeah. Um, I, oh, I, I don't, maybe his black friends got in his ear or maybe he really did sit down and kind of do some thinking and soul searching. You know, of all yeah. the women on the show, you chose her with the most controversy. Yeah. That, that, yeah. that's not that's okay. Yeah. 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 So, so that's what he said. So instead of getting an engagement ring on this, um, after the final rose, she, she, and she walked away a single, a single woman and he Was walked away crying? a single man. Um, she wasn't crying in the clip that I saw. So remember, I didn't watch the actual oh, episode, okay. but I saw yeah. clips afterward and I saw, she was not crying, but she did look stunned. Mm. Um, she did look stunned. And mm. that's what it is. I, do I think that Rachel's going to go on and now do the work? No, I don't. Of course she not. was exposed. She got her 15 minutes. She'll probably love you this on some reality show. She'll be on the next floor of Bama or whatever. And, <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> wasn't that a show? Oh, like the <laughs> Anywho, so that's Ooh. that's how the what a waste of a whole season. He really could have chosen one of those other women, black or white, and, and walked yeah. away with a fan. I, I always question when they're engaged after it usually doesn't work out. They're engaged for a year or two and then everyone goes their separate ways to have their careers. And that's fine. This one just ended a little sooner because he told her on public TV. He redeemed himself a little bit. Of the bachelor and bachelorette have actually worked out. That's a very good question. Rachel Lindsay, she's are they still engaged? Oh, they got married. Oh wow! Okay. Black she got married. Okay. 
okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So that's one success story. I don't know how many yeah. of those there are. And though. then the very first bachelorette, she's still married to the guy. It's been almost 15, 15 Oh, so they years. have made some some permanent mm-hmm. love connections. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. so I don't know about anybody else. Just like um, Love is Blind, not Love is Blind, um, Married at First Sight, a few people are still, you know, still definitely married. That's amazing to me. That's Mm -hmm. absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, so that is not how Matt and Rachel's future has ended. They will not be getting married. So that is a negative. Matt went went super blessed on (laughs) y'all. He sure enough did, honey. He sure enough did. But speaking of married, married couples that are still persisting and pushing through, Cardi B and Offset, um, so the Grammys recently aired. It aired uh, last night. It was good. It was three and a half yeah. hours now, but it was yeah, good. Yeah, um, yeah. Cardi B and Meg The Stallion had a spectacular performance. Mm-hmm. And following their performance, um, fans of Cardi B are speculating that she might be pregnant. Um, mm-hmm. This is based on the fact that, mm, you know, she had on like a sexy outfit. They both did. And in yeah. a couple of the, the photos, the shots that people took, it did appear that she could have had a baby bump, but her back could have also been arched. She could have eaten right before. There's so many different reasons why her stomach think, could have poked think, out a little. I think Cardi just been eating good during the... Um... And, that, and, that, and sometimes that's where our fat goes as women. Like, it's just sometimes yeah. it goes there. And that's fine. Um, but they're speculating that she might be pregnant. We don't know. She hasn't made a statement to deny or confirm it. Um, if she is pregnant, it'll be the second child that she shares with Offset. Their first child is culture. So, you know, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll continue to watch and we'll see, you know, if she is pregnant. Congratulations to her. But time will tell because you can't hide that. And she said um, a lot of her posture was because that outfit she had on was 20 pounds, girl. And it looked heavy. It looked bulky and beaded and heavy. Yeah. It was 20 pounds. And so, you know, her posture up there trying to dance and that and stuff. And they were both dancing, child. They were getting it. It was so good. And I I was like watching it under kind of like, okay, is she pregnant or not? Because she was certainly doing all those moves and dropping Mm -hmm. it, dropping it into splits and twisting and turning and grinding. So, you know, you can totally continue to work out and do all that if you are pregnant. But yeah, she yeah. was definitely getting moving. It didn't in- limit her in any way. It so. sure didn't. That was right. that. Mm-hmm. And exciting news, though, the first trans woman of color, her name is Lena Bloom. Yeah. She covered Sports Illustrated, the 2021 Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. Amazing. She is black and Asian. She's a Blasian woman, very beautiful. And, you know, just really great. Kudos to her. Really happy. Mm-hmm historic moment for the uh, trans community. Um, there was mm. another trans um, woman who was inside the pages of Sports Illustrated in a swimsuit edition. Um, she was from, I think, Brazil. Um, but this is the first mm-hmm. black and Asian woman. And she was on the cover. Yeah. So that's super yeah. exciting. Yeah, she um, amazing. She mm-hmm. does. And Lena's had some really amazing opportunities. It just reminds me of, um, oh, what's her name in, um, in um, our Fox? show? No, no, no. And our oh, friends, oh, 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 the oh, model. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. How um, she was breaking barriers and getting covers and all that. Yeah, like, I'm just really yeah. excited about that. And I kind of feel like she's, mo- you know, when they have these trans models, they, I feel like, you know, they're modeling some of that. So, yeah, that's really cool. So, congratulations mm-hmm. to Lena Bloom. Yeah, and then lastly, yeah. I... I know that you mentioned you recently had talked about Anita Baker on here because she I was should, one of yeah. our yeah she was on one of our music picks mm-hmm. and I know recently she came forward very concerned because apparently she does not own the masters to her music so every time we stream or download her wonderful music she's not getting paid she's not benefiting from that 
Mm. And you know, it's unfortunate because I feel like a lot of these artists, you know, especially early on before they really knew their rights and fought and fought for their rights, a lot of them don't own the masters. So yeah. even though we love their music to this day and sometimes a commercial will air with the song or something will trigger it and everyone downloads it and it's fresh and new and she's not benefiting from that at all. So I think she's in a legal fight to try to get her masters. And meanwhile, she kind of made a plea and said, guys, please don't download any music. Please don't stream my music. I'm working on getting my masters and please support me in this. That's going to be hard, but you know, for all of you, Anita Baker fans, we'll do our best because, you know, I yeah. want to support her, you know, yeah. and make sure she gets what she's entitled to. It's sad, it's sad when these it's artists so get these sad. crappy deals, you know, mm-hmm. and end up getting screwed and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. We wish her the best in that fight. I hope listening to her on YouTube doesn't count, does it? As far as her <laughs> the streaming and stuff. I'm just asking. I'm just asking. I think streams come from actual... Like the Spotify, um, the Spotify, Amazon, and, yeah, and iTunes and all that okay. stuff. Yeah, I think all that's right. it. Okay, sister. I think you're okay with, with bootlegging it on, on Okay, uh, please, honey. <laughs> I don't want to have to give up my Anita right now. Yeah, but if I yeah. have to, you know, to support her, I'll, I'll certainly do that. Right. And I think that's all we have in Hot Topics for today. Real quick, mm-hmm. I wanted to shout out some people. You know, I'm, I'm so hype about the Grammy, I mean, not the Grammys, but the Oscars. So mm-hmm. there's a few nominations that have come out. Of course, Chadwick Boseman got nominated for actor in a lead role for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Oh, that was good. Whew. It was so good. And mm-hmm. we have two, three black actors in best supporting role. We got Daniel Kaluuya for um, Judas and the Black Messiah, which was amazing. Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami. And Lakeith Stanfield for Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, we got two black women for actress in a lead role, which has never happened before. Viola Davis for Ma Rainey and Andrew Day for United States versus Billie Holiday. Wow. Uh, we don't have any um, Black women in the supporting roles um, at all. Um, but it's just amazing to me. And like, I came, and even in this day and age, we still got to talk about first Black this and first Black. Isn't that black. something? And it's My just goodness. It's so sad and upsetting to me um, because. I mean, still the the um, the Oscars are still overwhelmingly very very white, um, and there are a few <clears throat> a few things here and there that are nominated for um, uh, uh, you know best picture like Judas and the Black Messiah is nominated for best picture. So if that wins, Shaka King, Charles King, and Ryan Coogler will win mm-hmm. uh, win an Oscar, which would be amazing. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just so sad. Like, I don't even, I mean, yeah, yeah. not a lot of us being represented and it's not a lot of us in the Academy to vote on these things, just like, just like um, the Grammys, like, yeah, I'm tired of Taylor Swift winning shit, you know what I mean? Like, And her Grammy performance was so weak, by the way. And I, I like Taylor Swift, usually I like her music, but this album just wasn't hitting to me. Yeah, I think she's had some cute little songs, you know, I do. You know, you a Swiftie. <laughs> no, 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 now see, she's had some cute little songs, but this this last album wasn't hitting for me, and and the the Grammy performance was so weak. But anyway, carry on. Yeah, it was just, it was just, it was just I mean, we don't have enough representation in these. Things. No, and I know no, we all like, oh, these awards don't mean anything, blah blah. But y'all, these awards mean sales. They mean yeah. contracts. They mean touring for people, you know, and stuff like that. The highlight for the Grammys for me was not only Meg and Cardi, but seeing Bruno Mars and Anderson Park perform. They were yeah. 
Yeah. And, you know, and, and Trevor Noah looking so cute. He was, he was adorable. And he was so funny in coming to America, too. He was. Mustache he was so and, yeah, funny. Oh, my God. Doing his accent. Yeah, that oh was God. cute. It was so funny. But, yeah, mm-hmm. just, just y'all, even though yeah, a lot of folks are out there like this, that, and the third, you know, support these movies, support these Black artists who are out here trying to do the work for us and represent us in positive ways. You know, because y'all be begging for the positive movies, but y'all don't be wanting to go see them now. So yeah, just, amen. You know, go see them, you know, go stream it. You know, don't bootleg it, go stream it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, you know, and, and, and look at these things and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm going to get off my diatribe. That's it for um, Hot Topics. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, mm-hmm. Lord. All right, y'all. We'll be back after this break and talk more about the royal fallout. Um, with Buckingham Palace. Are you looking for a sexy and smelling good candle that is going to set the mood for romance? Well, you've come to the right place because we here at Romance and Color recommend You Glow Girl Candle Company. The candles are amazing. They're eco-friendly, made from coconut soy wax and free of toxins and parabens. They come in amazing, sexy smells like pineapple sage and black raspberry and vanilla that are sure to get you in a sexy and romantic mood. Black woman owned and based out of L.A., You Glow Girl Candle Company is the move to set the mood right. Visit them at youglowgirlcandleco.com and tell them Romance and Color sent you. Now back to the show. As we are back and this week, we're still digging into things about the royals. And we're talking mm-hmm. about the royal fallout of all the, of this interview uh, with um Megan, Harry, and Oprah—they have gone about they they black ass business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they mm-hmm. lives and you know uh, doing whatever they need to do. But Britain did not know how to handle the job. They, they no, they didn't. They did not know how to handle things. Things just went south, left, up, yeah. down. The father's making appearances at black churches, trying to shake hands and do photo ops oh, and pose with black children. Oh, like, excuse me. Yeah, what are you doing? In Britain was like, sir, excuse yeah. me, we know what you're doing. We yeah. know we're not stupid. We know what you're doing. I don't yeah. know. It just really seemed to sting for the royal family and the palace to be labeled as potentially racist. That really seemed to sting for them. And, you know- I don't know why it's so surprising. It is a racist institution. It is the monarchy. It is capitalism. It is- I guess they've never been called out. People have always- And this is, people have always looked at them, looked up to them, black people, white people, everyone Mm. just kind of looked at them and all like, oh, the royals. And I mean, that maybe before Megan, the cloak was never unveiled. I think we've always assumed that there was racism, you know, um, there. But nobody ever kind of pulled the cloak aside to Mm -hmm. reveal it. Kind of like when the Wizard of Oz was revealed. People, like, before his cloak was pulled aside, people looked up to the Wizard of Oz, like this great omnipotent Mm -hmm. force, you know, who people look up to, the great Mm -hmm. Wizard of Oz. And it wasn't until Dorothy's Toto ran up and pulled that curtain aside 
it was just a man and he was exposed and he felt like his jaws were down and it was embarrassing and he was ashamed. And I feel like now they're kind of like racist. Like, how dare you? Like, we're not racist. And this is like maybe the first time that this has happened. And they're so angry. And as you said, there's been a lot of acting out from the Royals to, you know, talk show personalities. So I guess we can just get right on into some of the fallout this week. You want to start with Piers Morgan and that whole mess? Here's punk ass Morgan walked himself off of his own show. Uh, well, let's you want what's the let's back up for a second. What yeah, about the history it. between him and Megan? Because they're so speculating. Okay. Yes, yes. Let's let's get into that. Okay. First of all, because so, one would wonder why he was so sensitive about the whole thing to be talking so nasty about how she. Yes, was. So yes, go yes. ahead. So, so the mm-hmm. T is Pierce F. Um, Megan Markle. Oh, I thought they just now, went on, on like a date or two. Uh, okay. okay. So one one date. Okay. One date. Mm-hmm. Well, she happened to be over there in London. One date, they went out, they went to the pub, they had drinks, whatever, whatever. Right. And she basically ghosted him. She ghosted him because she met Harry that same Right. Night. So the timing was such that, right, she had yes. met her future husband who she didn't know was her future husband but as we know as ladies women we're dating and you're dating multiple people you're meeting people you're going out and sometimes sometimes you meet the guy and you're more you want to be more serious about him than another guy do we owe it to the other guys to call and say it's not going to work out after one day right absolutely not and another thing Megan had some discernment and her probably her bullshit meter was up on mm-hmm. was like, mm, something ain't right about him. I don't really like him like that. Okay, mm-hmm. well, this is cute. Let me go on to this date with, uh, I mean, right. if you have a prince versus, uh, I mean, institution aside, a prince versus a dude, an old flabby looking white dude. Right. And even and like you said, prince aside, no, no. right. He was a, <laughs> Harry's a handsome young guy and she was attracted man. to him. You went out one exactly. time with this guy, this creep. Exactly. Yeah. And so on his morning show, Good Morning Britain, his um, cast, his castmate or whatever I guess you would call it castmate. I think he, he was act. Was he a meteorologist? But he was he, giving yeah, his opinion. I think very handsome, well spoken, biracial man. Mm-hmm. Good looking man. Good looking man. He was fine. But anyway, oh, he was good he looking was. dude with his beautiful British accent was basically mm-hmm. going off his man. Didn't say a single curse word. Told him you are salty. Because Megan did not return your affection, yes. and you have had it out for her ever since. But he was like, "Oh, I'm yes. not going to take this yes. full yes. And and the guy, it was one of the classiest reads I've ever Classy. heard. He was ever. so classy, mature, well spoken. Mm-hmm. He basically read him for filth, and was kind mm-hmm. of like, he said, mm-hmm. "It's been uncomfortable." over these past months, because you know, they talk about the Royals more than we do in America. So even before this big interview with Oprah, it it seems that, right, Piers had been, they'd been talking about the Royals on the show and apparently Piers has been going in on Meghan every time the Royals come up. And so what this guy is saying is that, listen, Piers, no one's told you this to your face, but I'm going to tell you today, these last several, the last past year has been very uncomfortable for all of us because you seem to have this bias against Megan. We're not sure mm-hmm. why. No one's really understood. You seem to have it in for her. Every chance you get, you berate her, you trash her. It's yeah. been very uncomfortable for us. And now yeah. with this interview, you're really going in on her. You're being very unfair. You're not being subjective, you know, as a news 
mm-hmm. anchor or whatever it should be. Mm-hmm. And, and, and like you said, it's because, you know, we know about this history between you all. Basically you got curbed, you're salty and, and, and you're not being objective in your portrayal and, and it's really not fair. And we're fed up and I'm telling you to your face. And like yes. you said, yeah, mm-hmm. he got salty and he walked off. And the guy was like, I'm trying to tell you as a person who is biracial, how yeah. we feel, how you think she would feel. Yeah. You know, you're saying, oh, this didn't happen. You, How do you, how do you know? Yeah. You know how them. dare you? How you dare you say them. that? You don't know the world. You don't know what they might have said and said to her. You just say, oh, they would never. And he said, because like she said, they have a relationship with the tabloids and all this stuff they're going to put out. Mm-hmm. the narrative that they want to put out yes and not once have y'all defended this woman you have defended this woman right. on TV or anything you're not even understanding her perspective of how she yes. feels He's you've like, never lived as a person tried, of color right. how he dare tried, you he tried to talk over him and all kind of stuff yes and it's like no 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 you're not listening to me you're not listening to me and he wasn't listening to him at all he just mm-hmm. got so upset. I don't know what it is he's like you're calling me a racist he said Pierce, I know you. I'm not saying I'm not saying you're racist. I'm saying you have a bias against Megan. Yes. I, and we've all seen it over this past year. It's embarrassing he, almost. Yeah, he didn't say he didn't say he was racist. He didn't say Pierce didn't say he was racist. The guy didn't say he was racist. I forgot his name was, I think it was Anthony, I think. Mm-hmm. He didn't say he didn't Anthony didn't say he was racist. Anthony said you have a bias against Megan. And basically we, what's your deal bro like we, yeah, you know, don't stop like, it yeah no like you know what i'm saying like yeah. no, it's not cute anymore you know and basically pierce couldn't handle that truth he couldn't handle the truth told to him in this eloquent way the guy never raised his voice he never got mm-hmm. ugly he never got out of mm-hmm. line he kind of said it to him in the most gentle way that anyone could say the the, the most mm-hmm. gentle read but the most thorough read um I think that the man also being biracial, I think that Pierce has a certain sense of entitlement about him. Mm-hmm. I think that if one of the other white um, journalists had said it to him, perhaps it would have been taken differently. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I just think it's very immature and just really just, oh, I just can't even put into words. To walk off of your mm-hmm. own show, it looked like very childlike, like you're going to tantrum. tantrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he yes. walked off the set and basically was like, I quit. And the world cheered, you know, yes. so you can go ahead and quit. You look dumb when you walked off. I mean, I, you just you don't walk off your own show. You hold your composure. If anything, you make a sign to go to the commercial if you know that you can't contain yourself. And then you take a breather at the commercial. Right. Storming off your show, that was not a good look for Pierce. Right. That wasn't a good look for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I think afterward, he was still in his feelings. So he then quickly made a statement, which I know he's regretting today, that he quit. He quit the show. I've never been talked to oh. like that before in my life. Well, that's the problem that you've never been talked. Nobody's ever put you in your place before. He didn't there like was a, that. Yeah. Like your ego is that fragile. You've never been talked to before like mm-hmm. that. Well, guess what? We are talked to like that. And then some all the time. And someone made a good point that I feel like when a black person's on television and they're delivering that type of, you know, direct read, we have to be so mindful of our tone, our posture, yeah, because we're so quickly interpreted as aggressive, angry black man, angry black woman. They're too aggressive. You know, I felt unsafe. So he mm-hmm. delivered it in the most gentle, kind way that one could. And mm-hmm. Pierce just couldn't handle it, made a statement that he quit. Seemed like he regretted it because within 48 hours, I heard he was trying to weasel his way back in, yep, talking about, yep. I'm going to come back and be back on top. Bye. You're canceled, Pierce, at least by us in America. I don't know how but they feel there. I don't it was know just very trashy that he, he got that know, upset. And like the you guy know. was saying, you know, this whole idea of quote unquote casual racism is stupid. You know, it's, 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 it's what it's, you know, how we akin it to 
say microaggressions. Like they're like, what's well, just a little microaggression? It's nothing. But if you get stung by a bee constantly, yes. yes, you know, initially you'll brush it off. But if you get yeah. stung by a bee, eventually you're gonna go into shock. Yeah. So that's exactly yeah. what it is. And those microaggressions add up. Okay. They may yes, be they subtle up. little things. Mm-hmm. As a, as a black girl who was always like the only black face in a white school. It was always me and my older sister because we were two grades apart. So we were always the two black girls in a white school. And mm-hmm. it's not like overt rape. Nobody was writing the N-word on our locker. Nobody it's was throwing, stuff. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it's little stuff. It feels isolating. It feels mm-hmm. lonely. It feels mm-hmm. like who wants to always be the token person, always asked right. to speak on for black people, people mm-hmm. holding your hair and your braids. And what is that? And it's just, mm-hmm. it feels yeah, uncomfortable. So Megan's experience was her own and I'm just so mm-hmm. glad that Harry was able to put himself in her shoes and say I want to understand I want to learn and we're not gonna mm-hmm. I'm not okay with you being treated like this we're gonna go and it had to have peers as someone who people look up to and you have this voice and this opportunity to kind of speak and do the right thing for you to get on TV and you keep trashing Megan talking about they never did because even Megan's father got on television well, and did an interview and said Ugh, right bro. and he said the same thing the royals aren't racist who I is who is I and I intention said is like who is like how dare you get on there? <laughs> what do you think you are talking about the royals aren't racist? Yeah. What do you know? Oh, you get invited to the damn wedding, sir. Right, you are right. selling selling tap stories to yeah. the fucking tabloids. And I'm gonna do it every every thirty days until they speak to that me. That is emotional blackmail. Oh, child. Yeah. But anyway, so that's people, peers. Yeah. yeah, speaking of people having fucking chances on TV. Oh my Sheriff goodness! Needs to stop using Botox, Osborne. Oh I my just goodness! That versus her, her colleagues on the talk, particularly yeah, um, my store, uh, uh, um, Cheryl Underwood. Yeah, her This one tour, really bothered me. Yeah, so go ahead. So with this one. Yeah, so bad. So Cheryl basically was like, "Look, I understand. You know, she's up here sticking up for Pierce. He's Pierce is her friend." Blah, blah, so it blah. started with with Sharon doing a tweet, right? After right. the peers fallout and he right. quit and stormed off, then Sharon Osborne tweeted something like, I support you, I stand by you, I ba 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 ba. So of course that rocked the country and mm-hmm. it came up on her talk show. So when it came up, Sharon Osborne claimed that she wasn't prepared by the producers. She said she was blindsided. The commercial came yeah. back and suddenly everyone was like, why did you tweet that? Why did you make that statement? This is in her defense of why she spoke to her, you know, uh, Cheryl the way she did and why she was so, quote, mm-hmm. passionate the way she was because she said she was blindsided. But go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, she was she was very um, saying, you know, I support him, blah, blah, blah. And so mm-hmm. um, Cheryl was like, well, the way we view it is you're supporting someone who has these kind of racist tendencies and all this mm-hmm. stuff. Where was I racist? How was I racist? Tell me what I said that was racist. Tell me, and and you and you know what bothered me? Tell me what I said was racist, and don't you give me the tears? Don't you cry? Do you remember when she said that? She was like, "I was getting to." Oh my goodness! So mad. Me too. It hurt me. It was so ugly and invalidating, and just demeaning. And she spoke to her like a child. Yeah, spoke to her like a child, and then like as if you're a black woman, you not just you don't deserve tears. Yeah, yeah. how dare you? It was like, don't give me the fake crocodile tears when I'm the one who's the victim here. 
And speaking of how when we present information as black women, we have to, t- you know, be so mindful of our tone and our pot. Sharon Osborne was so aggressive, leaning forward in her seat, shouting. Cheryl wasn't even that way to her. Cheryl was sitting back. Her tone was soft. You know how when someone's scary and crazy and loud, we kind of unconsciously soften our tone to try to kind of help calm them down. We do that with children. And Cheryl was totally having to soften her voice because Sharon was so out of control. Her eyes were flashing. Her posture was all buck. And I'm sure she watched that back and knew she was so out of pocket. And that's why she was like, I was blindsided. They didn't prep me for that segment. I just felt like everyone was pointing at me like, why did you do this? Why did you do that tweet? So that's why I spoke to her that way. And then Sharon Osbourne went on to talk about how the Black community has always loved her and embraced her throughout the years. So she's the last person who would be racist. This is really an educational opportunity. So she was just saying to her friend Cheryl, please enlighten me. What did I say that was racist? And that's what you said. Like Cheryl was basically trying to break it down to her and stuff. Go ahead with what she was saying. I keep cutting you off. No, no, it's okay. This story is so good. It really got under my skin. You have covered it. But I think the most part, the the main part was she was not allowing Cheryl to have feelings Mm -hmm. of being... I'm on this show with you. I'm your co-worker. Yes. You supporting this man is not supporting me, basically. Yes. And yes. she was yes. basically yes. telling her that. And she was just like, just brushing her off. But you know what? Holly Robinson Pete. Yes, I'm glad you... Go ahead with she that, yes. Said that Sharon Osborne is the reason why she wasn't on the damn show anymore because she yeah. had racist tendencies anyway. Yes. Yes. And called Holly Robinson Pete of all people, y'all, call her ghetto. Ghetto, said, yes. Yes. This I said, lady, her daddy was Gordon from Sesame Street. Right. How did she get old? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holly Cheryl, Robinson. Cheryl, she made a comment, something about how Holly Robinson Pete doesn't know her own voice or doesn't know how to talk. And Holly Robinson said that she felt that by her calling her ghetto and saying that something about her voice was mm-hmm. too strong, she felt mm-hmm. that it was basically like for a black girl, like she didn't know her place. She didn't stay mm. in her place. And as a result, mm. she believes, she said after she pulled her aside and said that, she was taken off the show. And she was mm. part of why the re- the ratings were so high in that first season of the talk. People loved Holly Robinson Pete. She mm. added that flavor. She had a wonderful personality. She's very fun. Remember hanging with Mr. Cooper? She's so bubbly mm. and fun mm. and, 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 and youthful, and even as, an, as a woman of a certain age. And she really brought such a wonderful energy. It was shocking. And Holly Robinson said that that she she's one hundred percent sure that she's the reason why she was off the show. So Cheryl what? Sharon Osborne is not unfamiliar with you know this. Don't act like you've never been called racist before. And we'll also recall exactly. that her daughter, when Trump first became president, and Trump was kind of basically closing you know em- closing the um the borders to Mexicans and other immigrants. Her daughter, what had made a statement, her name Kelly. She made a yeah, statement, Kelly. supposedly in def- you know, speaking out against Trump. But it came off as so racist and so ugly. And she basically said, "Oh, well, you know, Trump is wrong. We don't want to close, you know, the doors to Mexicans because who else is going to clean our bathrooms? Who else is going to be the custodians?" I don't know if you remember when Kelly Osbourne I remember said that. that girl. Mm-hmm. And and my my thing is. A young woman doesn't say that unless that's how they were brought up in condition. For her to be so comfortable mm-hmm. to make that statement, who's basically going to clean and scrub our toilets? And mm-hmm. Cheryl Os- Sharon Osborne, you talk about you're not racist and you love black people and they love you. Kelly didn't just say that out of her neck. 
So no. Right. And right. and I'm right. so glad right now that the talk is on hiatus. I don't know if it's back, but it's been on hi- hiatus for the last few it, um, it came, days. It came back the other, well, they call themselves having a, having a, I thought they were doing an internal investigation of, of arguing. Um, they are, but okay. they, they call themselves sitting back down. To just, uh, just, when did they come back? Because they were on hiatus for two days. They came back yesterday? I think it was, was or it today. Yesterday? They just went on hiatus because this just happened, didn't it? I don't know, child. Yeah, I was hoping they yeah. still were. Yeah. So I was glad yeah. they took a time out, at least for a few days. They need to investigate it. I know that. Um, Sharon's been on the show for a while, but is guess what? People can be keeping yeah. people can be replaced, just like the Bachelor um, host <laughs> who's been on the show for a while. People oh, can God. be replaced, just like they got rid of you know Nick Cannon when he made his quote anti-Semitic comments and stuff. People can be replaced. People mm-hmm. are replaceable, mm-hmm. and so maybe I just feel like this really put a stain on the talk. And I feel like an example should be made of Sharon Osbourne, just like an example was made of Roseanne Barr. This yeah. is a new day, and I think that yeah. we need to make examples of people, even if they quote don't mean it. Just yeah. like Rachel, you weren't selected to be, you know, the winner anymore because Matt came to his senses. Somebody knocked some sense into him. He made an example of you. Mm-hmm. Don't be trying to attend no plantation party talking about I didn't know. <laughs> and Sharon is just the way she spoke to Cheryl Underwood. It just made my like, skin like crawl. She, like, like, like a, a child, woman. Like she yeah. was. A, she was a when she child. said, "And don't you give me those tears?" Like it just hurt me to my heart. Like you like, said, she like, can't have feelings. Like, yeah. This is a. a do you know how much crap? It's just so hurtful. Yeah. Because because you know it's how much crap show and we had to go through. Yeah. Yeah. So you know because of being in comedy because you know a, yeah. lot, a lot of other things. Yeah. You know, she was in the military for many many years, and you know trying to rise up in the ranks in the military and stuff like that. She had to go through a whole lot, so she don't know her. Yeah. She don't know. She might think she know, but she don't know everything about her. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just, it's just, you know, I'm not, I'm not claiming to know everything about it either, but it was just very hurtful. It was, yeah. it was hurtful. It was so hurtful. It's so. And mad. I just feel like if the tables were turned and a black woman spoke to a white woman, like like lunging over her, then yelling, hands waving, yeah, everyone would have really vic- that white woman. She would have been the victim. Oh my god, mm-hmm. the way Cheryl rose at her like an animal, a beast. Uh-huh. The way she spoke to her it was so scary and aggressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sharon Osborne was out of control. I don't out think she control. should have her seat on the talk anymore. I'm just so... Ugh. And then either. to hear the backstory of... I'm so glad Holly Robinson Pete came out and yeah. said what she said. Yeah. This I is mean, when you rally like, around I mean, our... Holly Robinson and somebody else that they replaced um, in the early days of the talk. Mm-hmm. Um, there was somebody else, yeah. I know Aisha Tyler, she was on there. I don't think she's on there yeah. anymore. Yeah. But she was on there too. She, I you know, they left, you know, and yeah. Think, yeah. because of share. Um, we need people to come out and speak up about the experiences in this in- internal investigation, the experiences mm-hmm. they've had with Sharon. I go, we don't need no Terry Cruises in the community or Stacey <laughs> Dashes coming forward to Well, I've worked with Sharon before and oh she's one of the best people I know. So y'all keep your mouth shut. And I oh think people should speak their truth about what else she's done because that's you unacceptable. Made me, you made me think about something. You forgot in a hot topic, girl. Remember when um, she said she wants us back, girl. She said she wants us back. Who said she wants us back? What happened? Stacey Dash. She said she wants forgiveness from the black community. Girl, are you serious? <laughs> are you serious? I and I used to that. love Stacey back in the oh, clueless days. God. She really, clueless and single lady, she broke my heart. And I, she can never, she's canceled forever. Sorry. <laughs> I'll watch a clueless repeat and enjoy it, but no, Stacey, oh, you're, you're canceled, boo. You can't come back. 
no. But um, yeah, this is when we rally around around Cheryl Underwood and, yeah. and she needs to be canceled, Sharon Osbourne. This is not where. Remember, was it Gabrielle Union who came out about America's Got Talent or yes. somebody? One of the Bahamas yes. races they were. Terry Crews mm-hmm. did the complete opposite and totally invalidated mm-hmm. her and was just like, I've never experienced any. No. Mm-hmm. So this is this is a time this this can be a learning experience for Sharon and Piers and all of the others, but we need they need to kind of do the work. Like Matt right. said, not to keep using right. him as an example anymore, but Sharon needs to do the work and look inside yourself because I don't know who all these black people are who you said have been who love you and embrace you. I don't either. I don't I don't know who these people are. Um, but maybe you can sit down and have conversations with them and and, and they keep it real with you hopefully. Because yeah. the way you, but even aside from her speaking out in defense of Pierce and that tweet, that thoughtless tweet, just the way she she was so defensive and ugly when she was confronted mm-hmm. about it, just really broke my heart. Yeah. It was just so cringy to watch it, to watch that interview mm-hmm. with her and Cheryl Underwood. So yeah. I'm glad that um, the black community has embraced her. I heard Cheryl being under interviewed and supported by Steve Harvey and several yeah, others. And, yeah, and they were really kind of supporting her and and really empathizing with how that must have been to sit opposite your your co star. Mm-hmm. And, and have to kind of maintain your composure um, while you're being spoken to like that. And while you're also grappling with your own emotions about it. I stand yeah. with you, Piers. Ugh, just Ugh. disgusting. Gross. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ugh, but yeah, so the royal family continues to kind of, you know, face this backlash about being called out as racist. But I guess some positive things have come from it. Yeah. Um, so Gail King, you know, recently spoke with Harry and Megan to kind of just check in with where things are since the big interview that rocked the nation. Um, and Harry did reveal to her that, you know, since the interview, he said that lines of communication have reopened with both his father and his brother. So he really? has had a couple of conversations because remember in the interview, he said that, you know, prior to them moving out, he had three conversations with his grandmother and two conversations with his dad. Um, the grandmother wasn't happy about their decision, but she accepted it, though she tried to act like she didn't know. And mm-hmm. he said that after those two conversations with his dad, where he told the dad, you know, what they were going through and their decision to kind of move away and separate themselves, that his dad basically stopped picking up his calls, stopped talking to him. And that was the last time he spoke with him. So since the interview, Harry did disclose to Gail that he had spoken with his dad and his brother, you know, whom he also was estranged from. He said, we have space when asked about what the relationship was like with his brother. Mm -hmm. So although Harry reported that the conversations weren't necessarily positive or optimistic, he felt good about the fact that at least the lines have reopened. There had just been no communication at all. And so, of course, you know, he did not disclose what they discussed. And he did say, like I said, the conversations weren't necessarily positive, but he said he felt encouraged by the fact that they did have conversations. So he felt like that was a step in the right direction. Um, None of the royals have reached out to Megan to kind of, you know, have any conversations with her. And that's okay. You know, I feel like Harry as the family member, if they choose to go through him first, you know, sometimes when you have a falling out with the in-laws, it might be okay for the family member to kind of, your husband to talk first and then kind of bring you in. Yeah. To be that Mm -hmm. voice. Um, Of course, after Gail revealed that, you know, he spoke with, you know, his dad and brother, there was more backlash where people supposedly the Royals were kind of like, you see, this is why, you know, 
this is why William and Charles uh, don't want to speak with Harry. Why was a personal conversation between, you know, Harry and his dad and brother? Why, why is that being reported to Gail? Should they expect that every time they have a conversation with Harry that it's going to go back to Gail in the tabloids? This is why they didn't want to talk to him. Like you said, he didn't disclose the nature of the conversation. I don't think that he's going to run back and, and say every time they talk. But I do feel kind of like as closure to the interview. It was a big interview. It was an mm-hmm. international interview. I kind of do feel like we want to know like next steps was there at least a conversation I don't think that was sharing too much that he told Gail that I kind of maybe I I see what they're saying like why does she need to know that why can't this be family business but I think it kind of warms our heart that the brother and the father were open to a conversation yeah and we don't need to hear anything else but I think it's okay but apparently they were not happy by that and you know they didn't appreciate it and they see it as Harry running back and gossiping every time look I think to myself, I, that's like, too bad. I think to myself, like, man, how bad was it for yeah. them to like stop talking to him? Like, I mean, as close as yeah. Harry and William were, like, yeah. how bad was? Yeah, it I can see dad. Dad. Sometimes that. parents can be stubborn, set in their ways, right. and old fashioned. But like you said, for a sibling to stop, like it's I don't know bad. what it would take for my siblings and I to just stop talking to each other over right. something like this. I yeah. feel like. It would be our parents who kind of kind of shut us out. We're writing you out of the will. We're not talking to you. And I would rely on my siblings to kind of be that liaison between us. They may not approve of my decision, but you know what? I'm going to support you from a distance. You know, it's sad that the brother also turned his back on on Harry. But you know what? This is encouraging, even if they're angry it, at Gail. I, I, yeah, I think it's mostly call me crazy, but I think that's fucking Kate. <laughs> I think, I think Wait, say is, that again. I think Kate is the root of this. I yeah, really, really yeah. do. I don't doubt that. I don't doubt jealous. that at all. Yeah. I think she was jealous. Jealous of what? Just uh, Megan uh, in general? Megan in general and people liking her and being, you know, because people yeah. think Kate, Kate's kind of stiff and, and cold, you know what I mean? Because remember, even in the interview, Harry said that they kind of accepted Megan in the beginning. They op- welcomed her with open arms. And it wasn't until that mm-hmm. first appearance when she, people mm-hmm. kind of compared her to Diane and said, Diana and said mm-hmm. how she was just so mm-hmm. kind of en- enigmatic and wonderful and charismatic and, and just that she was wonderful that yep. they felt that things changed. And that was surprising yeah, in the end. Was, it was that that's a turning point? It was, it yeah. was jealousy. Yeah. Yeah. Jealousy. yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> and, you know, she had gotten so much, Kate had gotten so much shade because she had waited for so long to get married to William yeah um, and they were just like so what's the hold up you know and where mm-hmm. Ari was then waste more time and you know locked it down sure yeah and, yeah and it was just and then you know just you know she has like like Megan said she had her time with the tabloids too but yeah. she said you know I wouldn't you know I wouldn't have gone at her the way she came at me basically yeah yeah so and just the fact that problem. everyone stayed so silent when when the tabloids trashed her just the example mm-hmm. we shared in the last podcast the perception of her eating the avocado versus Kate eating mm-hmm. the avocado the perception of Kate holding her baby bump versus you know Megan holding her baby bump just there were so many opportunities where anyone could have spoken out and just to kind I of have to defend her and it just because yeah. White women, I'm sorry, white women's idea of feminism never includes holding up black women in spaces. Yeah. I know that Kate was not about to hold up yeah. in space. And yeah. she and, and because of this whole construct of this royal family and stuff like that, Kate's at a higher quote unquote pecking order than than Megan. So she's like, you know, I don't need to, you know, be apologizing. I don't need to mm. be, 
that I need, you know, things need to be handled my way. Yeah. Queen one day. And so for them to, for her to even let people think that that story about the tantrum over the flower, the flower girl dresses and -hmm. making her cry, like you couldn't correct at least that story. That's just so effed up. Yeah. Yeah, they really did her dirty. I guess yep. one thing that I'm glad that's coming of this is that, you know, allegedly there's now an outside law firm investigating, you know, these claims of racism in the Royal Palace. I don't know what that's going to look like. Mm-hmm. I don't know who this outside law firm is. And I don't know what will come of such an investigation and what it even means. You know, no. what does that mean? If if they're confirmed racism, they have to hire it's 10 like new black administrators. Sales or something. I don't know. Yeah, but, you know, I, I don't want anything that's going to make it even more uncomfortable for Megan in the long run. But I do think that it's good that this cloak was, of racism was kind of pulled to the side. Um, Charles, is who's the father? Is it Charles or I can confuse or William? You can make as many appearances at black churches as you want and take pictures with babies. That's not enough. You need to dig deeper. You need to do the work. And you, need, you guys need to kind of take accountability. So we'll see what comes of this. Um, mm-hmm. And and I guess that that's that, honey. But yeah, we'll see. We, we shall see. I just I just I just you know I I keep keep Megan in my in in, her, in my prayers. I just like yeah. I said, I don't feel like her. She was prepared for this, and a lot yes. of her own naivete was yes with her own experiences around race and things like that, and her own kind of right. This yeah. is I, I feel like this would have been jarring for me and you to be thrust into this world and facing this, but you and I have also experienced as a black woman racism, structural, institutional, overt, covert. So it would have been jarring even for us to still be in this world. But imagine, like you said, for someone like her who maybe never. Or experience very minimal ex- mm-hmm. racism for her mm-hmm. to suddenly have this now for the first time. You know, it must have really been yeah. like, right. whoa, to, to us doozy. Us two, yeah, us two visibly black, whatever that means. Yes, people, yes, you yes. Know, of African descent. We, we clearly look like we are of African yes. descent. Yes, um, Getting thrown into the royal family. They'd be like, is she the maid? Is she the, right, is she of the, course. She Our racism would have looked different because oh, it, it would have been, been more like different. every time. Right, so different, you know. It would have been different, but for her, probably not experiencing much of it. And I don't know how she was raised and which parent kind of spent more time, but um, it just seems like she wasn't prepared for it, like you said. Yeah, she was not prepared. And her mom, she was raised by her mom, her her mom, her black mom. mom, But her mom seems like very kind of, you know, free love, rainbow John. They were from California and stuff. Yeah, I and I think a lot of like again. But then again, you know, look at her family. Who's talking? The white people. None of her black family talking. Because we we don't do all that. We don't yeah, snitch and, and talk and do interviews and all that bull crap. Exactly. And who, and who knows what kind of relationship the mama has with her white, her black family too. Right. So who knows? But they still yeah. ain't talking. She's like, we ain't got nothing to say. Or tell yeah. Anything, you know? Yeah. So who knows? Crazy, crazy, crazy. So it's a lot of fallout, a lot, a lot of fallout from this. Yeah. People are gonna do yeah. the day that they say crazy stuff. And I like going on social media and listening to particularly TikTok and stuff like that and hearing from the black Brits over there about the the pain they feel about being black and British. It's a oh, thing wow. I don't think about. You know, and they said this has really brought up a lot of stuff for them. Um, particularly, you know, how to navigate those spaces. And he said, you know, and I know in America, racism a lot is very, you know, you know, more overt or whatever. And they feel yeah. like they, 
they too had their protests over the summer and stuff about racism and stuff. Um, John Boyega was out there, you know, holding space, Daniel Kaluuya, a whole bunch of other people, Letitia Wright, you know, a lot of famous British black actors and stuff like that were out there doing the work too and saying that this this is happening here too. Stop, you know, there's police brutality. They get picked up more than, you know, other people. They get arrested more than white people. Same stuff, but it may not be as overtly violent because they they, you know the idea of guns and stuff we don't have they don't have it over there okay um so you know police don't have guns they're not stepping (laughs) on uh black men's neck and stuff over there the way they do here no but they they are you know unlawfully arresting people harassing them on the street yeah stopping them and asking them questions and stuff like that it's harassment you know harassment you know what i mean yeah yeah Um, some people do get picked up on trumped up charges and stuff just like just just yes. like any place yeah. else with a lot of black folk you know okay mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's hard for them and it's, it's been heartbreaking for me to listen to the stories of mm-hmm. kind of stuff they go through especially those who are kind of biracial they're like kind of like okay i don't know how yeah. i feel about this and that and then those mm-hmm. folks who are from you know west african countries in the caribbean and stuff whose parents you know came through the like yeah area um era they're just like, yo, this is, you know, y'all need to see what's happening. This is, this is really happening over here. Wake up, you know. Mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. It's crazy. I, we black everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, we yeah, yeah, see, sure, black sure. The, the experience of being black is is just universal, literally everywhere. I mean, from Australia to Canada. You know, what I'm saying it's it's the same. It's the same. Mm-hmm, it's, the same. Mm-hmm. it's sad. You can't be can't be safe. Black and safe anywhere. That's know? right. That's right. Yes. Woo. But anyway, honey, this mm. is a, a lot to process. Yes. So, so Godspeed, Megan. Keep yeah. Your Cheryl Underwood, keep your head up. Yes. The Black Anchor Man, you are fine. We don't know your name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. I want to give him a proper shout out. Oh, Alex. Oh, is it Alex? Alex, okay. yes. Mm-hmm. Alex Beresport. Alex Beresport, you are fine as hell. Yes. <laughs> I mean, thank you for speaking up and saying yes. what you need to say uh-huh. to Piers Morgan and getting his shit together. Oh, so, you know, we yeah. appreciate you. We love all of y'all. You know, mm-hmm. y'all are still part of our family. So, yes. so, mm-hmm. so you know, know that you are covered. Trust me, y'all are covered. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's take a break and we'll come about watching romance and reading romance. And maybe we'll have something for listening romance. So be back in a little bit. So we are back. Um, so this week's watching romance, I don't have anything particularly good um, this week that's coming up. It's kind of a slow week. A lot of the shows and stuff that we watch are in hiatus. A lot of the Hallmark movies um, that they're doing are, are being shot and won't be shown until like June, July. Um, mm-hmm. But I want to keep something on you guys' radar. Um, TD Jakes is producing a couple films um, at Lifetime. It's under his Seven Deadly Sins series. So I guess there are going to be seven of them, y'all. This one is called Lust, and one is called Lust. It has Carrie 
Hilson in it. She'd been doing a lot of acting. We saw her. Yes. Um, Don't waste your pretty. Yeah. It has um, another guy, but it also has Tank, the singer Tank. Oh, okay. And the two being half naked, which is which is nice. Nice. Not <laughs> so, bad at that. Uh, it's about a woman who got married and she's struggling with issues of infidelity and things like that. I think it gets into like a kind of a stalkerish lifetime type of situation. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then Lust, I mean, and then the Envy one has um, Soraya from Empire um, in it, um, who plays somebody's, I, I forgot who's in it, um, but her half, she's the half sister, and um, she finds out that her sister's rich and wealthy and stuff like that. Her father um, basically abandoned her because she was like the child of an affair, mm-hmm. and so meets her sister who's excited you know she's the only child she's excited to have somebody and stuff like that but the sister is plotting to take her whole life wow good old, good old nasty you know like those are going to be excellent they come out the first week of may i mean excuse me april so y'all just keep that on your radar um and, and make sure you kind of um stay tuned we that sounds talk, real good for sure when they when they come out um and also the Mahalia Jackson movie is coming out um soon as well. Who's starring that again? So Daniel Brooks. Daniel Brooks okay. from The New Black is starring okay. Mahalia mm-hmm. Jackson. She looks a lot like Mahalia Jackson. Does she too. sing in real life or is she yes, gonna she be? Does sing. She oh, okay. Sing. That's even that's such an added bonus when they sing she and they don't sing. have to lip sing. Yeah, Wonderful. She is singing, singing live and everything. And then on March 21st, um, National Geographic is doing their um, Icons um, series, which is um, on Tina Turner, and uh, not Tina Turner, excuse me, on um, Aretha Franklin. Okay. And they're having Cynthia Erivo play Aretha Franklin. Now, y'all, I just think that's terrible casting. I don't think, mm-hmm. I don't think, mm-hmm. I don't think Cynthia Erivo, she's a very small, petite, tiny woman. She does not look like Wait, I'm confused. I thought Jay Hud was playing Aretha Franklin. He's playing her in the in the in the big screen on the big screen. Oh, okay, yeah, that's yeah. the only person who needs to be playing Aretha Franklin in my Here opinion. Here he like, the voice, the just the build, because you know Aretha was a slim woman in her day. She got a little yeah, thicker. Jay Hud can, yeah, yeah. and Jay mm-hmm. Hud is is similar. Like she's yeah. slim, thick, and just the mm-hmm. voice, the strength. Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. she's the only one. Who needs, Lord, okay. me too. Yeah. That comes out in May. But okay. um, yeah, I don't understand why this casting is a little strange to me. I, I don't know, but I'm gonna watch it anyway. Sure, and yeah. Then HBO Max is doing something on. It's a lot of movies about musicians this month, but they're doing something on Tina Turner um, the week of the 21st as well. Doing a okay. Mm-hmm. Turner with her own words and stuff like that. So I love Tina Turner. So and when does the Janet Jackson movie come out? Or is that's that not for some be, time? That's, that's gonna be oh, that's gonna be around Janet's birthday. Janet is his birthday is in May. Okay. So, uh, so okay. Be around her birthday. A documentary so or movie? I forget. It's which a one. documentary. Okay, so that should it's, be interesting. Janet in her own word, word. She said no holes barred. She's gonna okay. be okay talking and then spilling tea so it's well i'm glad she's able to tell her story because i think too often artists are kind of complaining that they weren't invited to tell their story they weren't consulted with i know cardi b has some documentary or movie coming out and she wasn't even consulted which is weird to me so 
Yeah, I don't know, child. But okay. anyway, I'm, I'm glad that Janet is controlling the narrative on this. And I yeah. think she'll be honest. You know, I'm looking forward I mean, to I that. I think she's at a point in her life. She's 50 something years old. She don't yeah. have a right. right. point. You know, she's happy. She got a, well, I think he was four or five year old now. Gee. Yeah. And so she's yeah. like, you know, she's in a good space. She don't sure. she, she got to worry about it. She got millions and billions, almost billions of dollars. She's fine. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so I think I cannot wait for that. I'm very excited about that. Ditto. One, so. Same, same. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's about it. I don't think there's much else in the watching romance, unless there's something on anything you watched on Netflix or Hulu or anything lately. Um, not particularly. I'm just looking forward to catching up on Delilah because, like I just said, I just found yes, it on demand. Yes, so I'm gonna yes, catch yes, up yes. and stuff, see what's going on and stuff with these yes, folks. Yes, it's pretty. Mm-hmm. It's pretty. It's pretty good. Cool. Um, so in reading romance, I want to get a shout out. Full disclosure, this is my friend. <laughs> my friend, okay. Lucy Lenore. Um, her book, Survivalist Boot Camp. I just um, started it and I am I love it so much. Um, it's about a couple, Dizzy and Faye, and they work together every day. They share an office at Dual Travel Magazine where they're both writers. Their new story pits them against a rival team and the winner gets the cover. But a mix-up throws a wrench in the competition. Now they have to share more than an office while remembering they're on assignment. So oh. It's about one of my other favorite show tropes. Like, oh my God, we have to share a room. What do we do? Yeah. Oh, oh my, I know. Yeah, yeah. I like that as well. I like that And so well. reading between the blurred lines might be the toughest job for both of them. So it's a really cute, cute, cute um, story. And I really like it. So, that sounds so good. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really good. So I'm trying to keep up with my reading. So I've been, I've been doing good, um, good. With, with the reading. Um, don't ask me nothing about my own writing, but <laughs> <laughs> the reading part is good at least. So mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so do you have any songs for for listening? To I don't me? have any songs this week. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I don't have any songs. What about you? Did you find anything good to turn? Well, I, to? I, I have still been constantly playing "Leave the Door Open" by Silk Sonic. <laughs> by okay. Bruno Mars and, 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 and Anderson Park Silk Sonic. So I've been playing that. Is that his new song that sounds like it's straight oh, from Delphonic stylistic yes, album? Yes, yeah, yes, that's a dope song. They play it in New York City all the time. Yes, I absolutely love it. But um, he was recently nominated for a Grammy. He didn't win. But Giveon, I've been playing him to death. And when I first found out about this dude... Giveon's so dope. I'm glad you're mentioning him. He Go ahead. so mm-hmm. good. And he's, he's so sexy. And his voice is just so yeah. rich. That's so unique British. Mm-hmm. And I was like he sounds so British but he's not he does. he's from yeah. Long Beach <laughs> um, so, <laughs> not British no not British at all um, mm-hmm. but um, he has like this beautiful voice and it's yeah, just like amazing so I've been playing like when I like want to like write like sex scenes and love scenes <laughs> I've been playing I Like I Want You a lot um, mm-hmm. so it's just amazing. I just love that song. I wonder if I can play like a little bit, like 10 seconds of it. Go ahead. Yeah. Can you hear? Are you playing it? Yeah. Can you hear it? No, I don't hear it. Okay. Hold on. Okay. Can you hear it now? Yes. Thank you. 
sometimes I wish you knew, but I disguise the truth. I say I'm happy, but I'm still stuck on us. Does your mind do this thing about me and you? I guess I'll just be tuned until it all makes sense. I'll get to the chorus. I'm But I can't make a scene. But I can't make a scene. See you face to face. I'm thinking about the days we used to be. But I can't make a scene. But I can't make a scene. Alright, that's good. So I don't want to get. <laughs> Oh, I just love this song. I remember when I first heard it because they've been playing it a lot on the radio. And I would, um, mm-hmm. when I hear something that I really like and I'm driving, I Shazam it just so I can have it for later. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. it's funny when you hear something and then you look through your Shazams, you're like, oh, I Shazam this like three or four times. Like I didn't realize it was the same song, <laughs> right, you know? Right, right, right. But um, right. his voice is so distinctive. Like you said, it does sound like he might have an accent, though he doesn't have a British accent, but it sounds like he might be mm-hmm. from somewhere aside from America. And the chorus is dope. It reminds me of like a good '90s love song. So yes, yes, I want people to yeah. bring. Yeah, I those hope I, this is back. the only song I've heard by Giveon, and I'm looking forward to kind of seeing what's next for him. So well, his yeah. new album is his new album is out. Um, mm-hmm. It's called When It's All Said and Done, Take Time. So it's kind of a combination of his EP and a new album. So with new yeah. stuff on it. So it's 13 tracks. Um, my favorite on here are World We Created. Okay. Um, this ain't love, heartbreak anniversary, and like I want you. Um, okay. That I mean, they, it has some amazing songs on here. So y'all, y'all check out Gibeon. He is he is badass. He's, He's the so truth. Good. Yeah, yeah, really, definitely check really, him out. He really is. He really is. So that's it for our um <laughs> our um podcast today. Um, y'all follow us on social media everywhere oh i am gonna say i am starting back the writing um series um uh, writers in color series so if you're a writer and you want to be featured on the podcast and just sit down with me and have like a little bit of an interview um just you know hit me up on social media on our instagram page which is romance in color um you can hit me up on the twitter page which is romance with an n romance in and then color with you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or um you can hit me up on my own personal twitter which is at richardson tmm so i'm on, I'm on twitter way more than any other social mm-hmm, media place mm-hmm. so um yeah so i'm scheduling those interviews i got some really dope dope people lined up awesome um, as a matter of fact my friend whose book i just mentioned ruthie she's gonna be on there too and we're gonna talk we're gonna talk shop craft writing books all kind of stuff i hope y'all enjoyed that last oh, that's year when great. i did it mm-hmm. when i did it so um you know um y'all just get ready for it we're gonna kind of end the season with that as, as per usual so that's really cool yeah that's it and so aries guys, season it. starts guys just so you guys oh, know this oh. weekend aries i think oh, it's march 21st so tatiana and i are both aries our birthdays yes. are one week apart so yes. this weekend you know for anyone who cares aries <laughs> season begins correct yes 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 <laughs> slide us 42 dollars 
But uh, my <laughs> husband has something planned. I don't know what I have planned. Oh, nice. So it's, all he told me was we're going to the mountain. Oh, I don't know, but I don't know what that is, what we're doing, nice. or what we're saying, or anything. So it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Cool. Fun, fun, fun. All right, you anyway, guys. Anyway, you guys have a great weekend. Stay healthy. Yes. Stay safe. And check Stay out safe. some of those recommendations. Yes. And get vaccinated if you can. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Talk to you guys later. Bye, guys. Bye.